Hello, and welcome back to the Women's Soccer Podcast. I'm your host, Liam Greco, and today we are doing a preview of the Women's Euros. This summer, the Women's Euros will be held in England, as you may know, and you can watch them on the ESPN channel of networks, ESPN, ESPN2, and ESPN+. So, now that we have that out of the way, let's get into the episode. So, today's Women's Euros preview is going to be very different from the preview that we did with the CONCACAF W Championship. Today's is going to be um, a very different format. We're going to go in order of the groups and analyze the teams as we go, as there are many more teams than at the CONCACAF Championship. And I'm not going to, I'm going to say who I think is going to do well in each group. But however, I'm not going to say like um, all my results in the knockout round. I'm just going to say where I think everyone will finish in each group and who I predict is going to be the winner. Okay, so today I'm using the, uh, I know a lot about most of these teams, but for countries that I don't know as much about, such as Northern Ireland, um, Iceland, I'm using the, uh, um, Guardian page, who did a very good article showing you everything you need to know about the women's Euros. So, so in Group A, we're going to start with Austria. Their coach is Irene Furman. Um, their rank is twenty-one, and I'm going to read. Um, so they their last performance in the women's Euros, which is five years ago, and again in the Netherlands, was um, in the semifinals. And they have gotten better since then. I'll just say that. Okay. I'm going to read just... Um, the only thing I'm reading from The Guardian is just their strengths and weaknesses. So here's what they... What Andres Hagenar wrote as um, the strengths of Austria. Furman has a versatile team at her disposable, disposal with strong wingers and several players who can score. Plus, Manuel Zinsberger is a superb keeper who can decide games on her own weaknesses. They sometimes struggle to execute their gameplay, especially against teams that press aggressively. Highly dependent, tend, dependable on key players such as Sarah Zadrigil, Karina Winnegar, and Nico, Nicola Bila. So let's go over some key players in this team. If you're watching the Women's Euros, you want to know who are the key players in the Austria side. Well, I think a lot of people that follow women's football will know Manuel Zinsberger, who is the starting keeper, the number one goalkeeper for Arsenal. So I definitely would assume that she will be the starter at the Women's Euros this summer in net. On the back line, I would say that a lot of the leadership roles goes towards um, Captain Victoria Schnatterbeck. You know, she's a very she wears the number eleven on this team. A very young, a very experienced player herself. You know, she is a free agent right now. She's thirty years old. She has a lot of experience. Um, she actually has a master in business psychology, which is impressive. And she has started a new project called "Be the One to Help." Um, be the one, and that's the and the whole mission is to help girls and women in football. So that's kind of big. Um, moving on to the midfield, Sarah Zadrazil, the um, Bayern Munich midfielder, alongside Laura Thangensinger, the number ten and number nine, two very big players. Both play in the women's Bundesliga. With Zadrazil being a very creative playmaker, the twenty-eight year old um, 
has a great passing range. She played at East Tennessee State University, and she's the first female footballer to sign a sponsorship deal with Red Bull. So, and she's also a trained nursery teacher. A lot of great um, facts that uh, these players in Austria have. And Laura Feinstinger, another, another. She's also twenty-eight years old. She um, was. She her, She's the daughter of a former. Another former Austria, Austria and Boris, Borussia Dortmund defender Wolfgang Feinensinger, and she's a very technical and gifted player. She's more attacking based. She loves to dribble past players. And another, the key midfielder. That's another one. Is another twenty-eight-year-old for Cologne in Germany. Sarah Puntengan, you know, she has the most number of games for Australia, Austria, excuse me, 120 games. She's mentally strong and she's a leader. She, um, she joined Cologne this season, but she, for next season, like in the transfer window, she has been at Montpellier, though. So, and Pernilla Harder, who is Denmark's super, Denmark and Chelsea superstar attacking midfielder, said that she is the hardest midfielder to play against. So that's big. Up top, I think it's one woman that's going to be leading the show with a one um, striker formation. Nicola Bila of Hoffenheim, very technical player. I love watching Hoffenheim, especially when they played in the Champions League. She was named the player of the year in the in the German Bundesliga. And she scored 23 goals that season. And, and she, she's the most dangerous forward on this team by a distance. And number 15 has 43 international goals already, making her the second highest scorer in all time in Austrian women's football um, but behind Nina Berger. And she's still only in her mid-20s. So like, very, you know, um, technically skilled player in my opinion at least she is very quick and she gets in behind she'll score a lot of goals in my opinion and it'll be great to see them play moving on to our next team England who are ranked eighth in the world they're a very strong side I love their new orange kits although I do agree with what some people said and they're friendly against Netherlands it took me a few minutes because Netherlands was wearing the white and England was wearing the orange so I assumed that they were the opposite teams but um moving on so according to louise taylor of the guardian the strengths of england are ellen white's goals lauren hemp's potentially world-class wing play and lucy Braun's swashbuckling advances from right back to name three yeah those are three of england's best players i agree going all over the pitch there going to the defensively wide areas from the attacking wide areas to a more central player in ellen white the weaknesses according to louise taylor is Wigman's apparent uncertainty over her first choice, first choice goalkeeper and a collective habit of sometimes switching off when defending set pieces. That is very clear. We saw this in that game against Netherlands. A very soft goal, I would say, that England conceded. You know, not very good marking in the box, in my opinion, at least. I would have said, let's move on to the big players in this team. I would have said before Ellie Roebuck got injured that she is the number one keeper, but Mary Arabs has just been sublime for Manchester United, don't you think? I think that she needs to move up to one of those bigger clubs in the league that, you know, can... I don't think she's going to get Champions League football with Man U. Great squad they have, but, you know, just... I'm not quite there. 
A good I, one player I'm very fascinated to see at this women's Euros, however, is lots of women. Ruben Moy, a very talented, tall defender for Arsenal. I think that they could use her aerial presence as a way to solve some of the problems they have defensively. I think there's a lot of interesting defenders with England. You see, with no Steph Halton, I think it's going to be very interesting to see who partners with Millie Bright in that centre back role. I assume that Bronze will take the right side. And Greenwood will take, Greenwood or Stokes will take the left. But I think that if you could see a point where Stokes is on the left, Greenwood is left center back, then you have Bright and Bronze across the back. But another a few players that I did not mention yet, Rachel Daly has been in sublime form for the Houston Dash, scoring a diving header a few in one of the most recent mass match plays in against the Houston Dash in. I mean, before the Houston Dash against Orlando Pride, it was a great service from Maria Sanchez, who will be also participating this summer in European tournaments while she participates from Mexico. She is 29. You know, she plays for the Houston Dash, as I mentioned. She went to St. John's after winning a sports scholarship there. She, um... Grew up a Leeds United fan, funnily enough, and she played. They played the England, one of those matches again against at the Leeds United ground. She has played right back for England most likely when Lucy Bronze was injured. But as Phil Level said, Rachel reminds me of myself. Rachel's a great player who I and I believe personally would be best up top for England. I think she should be playing at that striker role, banging in some goals for England. Moving on to the midfield, Fran Kirby seems to be the playmaker for me. You know, she's come she hasn't played too many minutes for Chelsea this season, but I do think she'll get there. A veteran in the midfield is Jill Scott, although I think that she may be dropped in a position where you see Leah Williamson take the sixth defensive midfield role and you could see Kirby playing that playmaker alongside Georgia Stanway. That's just my opinion. Moving up top, I think you're going to see three across the front, Hemp on the left, Ellen White, the club's record, the country's record scorer up top. She has 100 plus caps great player. The goggle celebration, I'm doing it right now, is a very popular one. On the right side, I think you could see the key to Paris, the 27-year-old of Arsenal, or Def Mead, another Arsenal lad who's 26 years old. I think you could see either of them take the right side, but there's so much step in this England squad. You have to be considering them as one of those teams that could really win it this year, even without players I haven't mentioned yet. Chloe Kelly from Manchester City. Russo across Manchester at Man U. And you've got Beth England at Chelsea who won the league this season. You know, she's learning Beth England under such great young talent. So I have England topping this group, but let's hear who I have in second place. Obviously, the rest of the group includes Northern Ireland and Norway. So moving on to Northern Ireland, an interesting team. I am a little bit nervous. This is the first time they've ever made this tournament, and I think that the other teams in their group are a little bit um, more experienced than them. Being the lowest-ranked team in their group at 46, it might be a little bit hard for them to, you know, hang up with a teams like England, who are ranked 8th, and um, with Austria, also who are ranked 21st, alongside Norway, who are ranked 11th, with Eda Hegeberg coming back, so I'm not very confident on this North Island side. I have them finishing last in the group, but let's get through their strengths and weaknesses. 
a hugely experienced defense, Ashley Hudding, Julie Nelson, and Sarah McFadden could play together, and they have over 320 caps between them. That is very true. This is a very experienced Northern Ireland squad, but I want to see if they can compete against some of the best players. Here's their weaknesses. Half of the Northern Ireland squad are domestic players playing in in the part-time Irish Women's Premiership, which is still amateur. That is a big thing because if you're... The Northern Ireland players that are playing in the Women's Super League, I think, will have a much better chance, like... Um, of doing better. Even someone like uh, Shannon Turner and Nett who plays for Wolves or uh, Rebecca McKenney who plays for Lewis. Some of those players that have more experience in a ne- more necessarily challenging lead. Rebecca Holloway who's on um, Racing Louisville. You could see them doing well. And Rachel Furness for, um, plays for Liverpool. I could easily see and also Simone Magill, who was on Everton, you know, a free agent now, obviously. But those are some of the players I could see really taking the torch. But let's go a little bit deeper into them. So I think that it's going to be between Jackie Burns and um, Shannon Tur- Turner and Nett. Admittedly, I don't know too much about the Northern Ireland squad. But I think that T- Shannon Turner has a little bit more experience in a more competitive league, um, you know, as she is the... And she's playing in England, which is a you know more competitive league in Ireland. I would, I believe, in my opinion, at least. Um, and the defense back line, I think that Julie Nelson's a good veteran player. You know, she has a lot of caps for the national team. She got her 100th cap in 2018. She was the first woman for Northern Ireland to do so. And Rebecca Holloway as well. She's a product of Bristol City's academy. She went to. Tennessee in the United States to go to an American university at Cumberland University. So, you know, she's another good defender to have. Or um, I could see Rebecca McKenney of Lewis, you know, in the FA Women's Championship. She did a great job in that um, match against um, Ukraine in the 2020 playoff. Let's move on to the midfield. As I said earlier, um, Rachel Furness, the record goal scorer, the Liverpool player, she's debuted just at 17 years old in 2005. She's easily the starter for this team. And I would say alongside Cliftonville midfielder Marissa Callaghan, you know, she's a very key player. She was spotted playing in the street after moving to a new area at just seven years old, and she's had a spell in the U.S. at college, another player there, and she began to only take international football seriously after a conversation who made her realize that she may regret it if she didn't fully commit to it. So I think she'll do well. And up top, I could see the number nine, Simone McGill, really... um, lead this team she's the she made history at age 19 18 excuse me when she became the first female northern Ireland island player to sign a professional contract when she joined everton you know um she's going to be the one that i'm looking for from that squad lastly in group a you got to look at the the norwegian slide and be very impressed with that attacking trio of ada hegeberg caroline graham hansen and girl right and, and that's funny because that is exactly what the Guardian reporters have to say about the strengths. The attacking trio of Ada Hegeberg, Caroline Grand Hansen, and Girl Wrighton has the potential to trouble any opponent. Weaknesses. Uncertainty in goalkeeping positions, as well as the match fitness of important players such as Captain Marin Melger. Yes, that is true. The goalkeepers are all 
less experienced um, with Sonivad Slojic um, at 19. You have and a lot of these players haven't really. The age isn't what I'm looking at. It's more that um, the I think that missing out the um, number one keeper Cecile Fisher Strang. I think that that should be um, that. I think that she, the goalkeeping is going to be a little bit harder for this Norwegian squad. But in the defense, I think that a few of the biggest players to look for, in my opinion, is Julia Blackstad, the 19-year-old, is a clear rising star with um, Manchester City. I loved watching her strike against in her, I believe it was her first goal for Manchester City in January against Leicester City. Very skilled player. If you're starting for City, you're clearly a great player. And it's funny because she is... The um, another player, for another Norwegian player in the men's game has gone to Manchester City and Erling Holland. So that is a bit of a tough, you know, um, void to fill, I guess you could say. But um, she's clearly a rising star. She turned down offers from Chelsea in 2020 before she moved to Man City, which is the record fee involving a Norwegian player on the women's side. Maria, in the center, you could clearly tell the partnership of two um, women's Super League players with Marin Melger, the Chelsea player, alongside Maria Fornsdalter, who's another women's Super League player at Manchester United. Those two, in my opinion, are the clear center-back duo. And then moving on to the midfield, it's a much more competitive race here. I see that... um, some of the, um, I could see Thea Belge and Elizabeth Turland take a little bit of a step back. You know, they are the younger players on this roster when you look around. This is a very young midfield for the Norwegians, but I do think that um, the four midfielders are going to be taking the most attention is Ingrid Engen, the 23-year-old along the, who plays for Barcelona, alongside Vildi Boarisa, Manchester United, 25 years old. Frida Manum, Arsenal, 21 years old, very young, um, and Guru Wrighton of Chelsea at 26 years old. I think those three, four are really going to be fighting for spots in this team. Although, I, in my opinion, moving on to the attack, I could see um, Engen, Risa, and Manum play in the midfield with Guru Wrighton moving up to the attack on the left side with a um, Ada Hegeberg in the middle and Caroline Graham Hansen on the right. This attack, in my opinion, is the best in the women's Euros. The front three of a, a, the front trio of Girl Wrighton with the experience in the women's Super League, alongside the the country's leading goal scorer in um, Caroline Graham Hansen, who plays for. Champions League winners last year with Barcelona and Adek Hagerberg who won the Champions League this year while scoring a goal in that final wonderful player so for group A my prediction is England will top the group Norway will finish second Austria will finish third and Northern Ireland will finish fourth moving on to group B which will start with Denmark. Lars Sondingard's side is 15 ranked in the world and they have a very tough group in B and they were the runner-ups in 2017 so let's see how they do. 
here's the strengths according to Guardian. The squad has a fabulous array of attacking talent for Sunderguard to choose from, including the leader of the pack, Pernilla Harder, one of the best players in the world. However, the weaknesses according to the Guardian is that some of the players have been injured and some have struggled for game time, so there's a question mark of the team's fitness and stamina. Yeah, I do agree with that. In net, though, it is clear Lane Christensen is a very clear choice for number one keeper. The Ronsberg player, 21 years old, started to shine for the Danish side in uh, after a COVID outbreak that occurred in the squad during the last Euro qualifier against Italy in December. Um, so the former first... Um, choice keeper Catherine Abel was forced to quarantine and so the 20 year old Lane Christensen rose to the challenge although however Catherine Abel will not be at this tournament she did retire so um she won't be there but now let's move on to the defense but just keep in mind I do think Lane Christensen is that number one keeper moving on to the defense however Steen Blangzir Pedersen is a very tough tackler the 27 year old from Valangare is um She's the captain of her former club um, and her current club in Norway. She made her Denmark debut in 2013. She got into that Euro squad in 2017, although then again, she was then only 22 years old. But now I think that even though she didn't participate in that tournament on the pitch, now she'll be a very big player alongside um, another player who I think is going to be a very big leader, um, Ricky Steviach, the Everton the Everton defender, 24 years old. Um, she was made the captain right after arriving in France at FC Fleury 91. She usually plays in the center of the defense, but she used to be quite right-footed. It was very obvious, but her left foot is just, just strong. So, you know, she's only 24 years old. I think that we'll see her to the future, and I'm very excited to see her propel into the mainstream at this tournament. Going to the midfield, a teenage prodigy in Catherine Muller-Cole is very excited by the, wor- by the world. She came on last year against Spain, leaving Le- Alexia Puteos, the Ballon d'Or winner, by, with a very slick turn. That was a great way to enter your first um, match as a... Well, it was her third cap, but, you know, still, as a very young player, it's great to see as a as a player, you spin-turning the Ballon d'Or winner. Um, but alongside her, I think Sophie Suava of Real Madrid is a very good player. And this is... And according to the newspapers in Sweden, when Suava played for Rosenberg, the best left foot in Sweden belongs to the Dane. That was the headline when she signed for Rosenberg. But now she's at Real Madrid, and she has been transferred three times for large fees. The move to Spain reportedly makes her the most expensive player to join the Prima Arable Drog. Um, she's very energetic on the left wing. She's a great player, technically gifted, loves to take on players 1v1, great player to have in the midfield, who will link up perfectly with the front, th- the clear front three, at least in my opinion, of Singe Brun, the Olympic Lyonnais player, who will be alongside, in my opinion, Pernilla Harder, who plays for Chelsea, the 28-year-old. Um, we don't know where she will be playing, but I think that she is a very obvious 
you know, starter on this squad alongside Nadia Nadim, the racing Louisville player, 33 years old. She does speak more than, she speaks, I believe, more than eight languages, and she studied medicine. She's now officially a doctor. Her sister, Diana Nadim, is a boxer. She also is an official ambassador for the 2022 Men's World Cup, so that's kind of cool for Nadia Nadim. Moving on to the next team in that group, which is Finland. So their coach, Anna Singo, will be very keen to see them progress out of Group B, but with a rank of 28. However, let's see what Guardian believes is their biggest strengths. This is a tightly knit group that has been together for a long time. Their work ethic is good and they are dangerous from set pieces. I do know a lot about Natalia Kawika after she joined the NWSL's Portland Thorns last season. Very great player on the right side, usually more of a defensive player, but you know, we'll see how she can get up the pitch and help Finland hopefully get some goals from her side of things. Weaknesses. Their game plan is very conservative, and if counterattacks don't work, there's no plan B. Also, and while the starting 11 can be competitive, there's rarely much help from the bench. That is true. They are kind of a little bit of a team that's lacking a lot of depth, but I'm hoping that a player like a Linda Stalmstrom, the all-time scorer, or someone like a Evelyn Sominon, who's a free-kick expert for Tottenham. Let's see. Let's go over the squad. So, in net, the number one keeper is clearly Tottenham's Tinji Rika Korbal. You know, Tinny, as she is known, is very experienced. She's played more than 100 teams matches for this national team. She most recently was in the WSL before she joined Tottenham with Everton. And so yeah, she's gonna be the number one keeper in net. Moving on to the defense, defensive linchpin Anna Anvion, the 34-year-old player who plays in Italy for Sampdoria Women, is a former forward actually, who now plays in the defense. That's very interesting to see. You know, a player in the middle of their career switched positions. She's a qualified teacher and worked in schools before becoming a professional footballer as she played more than 300 league games in England where before she moved to Italy in 2019 where she is now playing with Sampdoria. Um, moving along to Emma Koviasit, um, the right and left back. She can play on the right or the left. She's a very modern fullback. She won the. She played for Florida State University and won the league in Finland with SV Hanka and won it twice in Sweden with Korpabergs and Gotig FC before joining Brighton in 2021. She made the. She made her debut for Finland in 2012, but she didn't. Um, you know, um, actually make that 2013 squad. She scored a goal directly from a corner kick in her first game and provided an elite assist for her debut for Brighton, although she is now linked with the newly promoted squad Liverpool, at least according to resources on the transfer market. And another player in the defense that I think will be more with Emma being on the left side, I think that we could see, as I mentioned earlier, Natalia Kawika, that's 25-year-old at right back. She made her debut at 17 years old in Euro 2013. She is now 26. She's in her mid-20s. Uh, she's had the best football in her career. She played in um, Sweden and, and won the title there in 2020 with Kopperbergs before she moved to the Portland Thorns. 
in the NWSL. So she was voted in Sweden while she was there as the best defender in the top flight. And she said, you never think that you are maybe the best player, although you always try to be it. A great motto for young players aspiring to move up the divisions. But speaking of someone who's really worked to be one of those players that sticks in that Finland team sheet every week. Anna Westlund, the most capped player, 32 years old, at Lind United. She played her 138th game for the country in February 2020. So, yeah, that's a little bit, um, uh, that's a very impressive record to keep. In the midfield, however, moving on, the number 10, Emmy Alliand, who plays for Christian Stad, um, very important player for this team, 30 years old. She's a key midfielder. She opted for football even after she won a silver and bronze medal at the youth level for wrestling in the European Championships. Um, so she played with boys teams till she was 14 and she's about to hit 100 caps for Finland. Congratulations for you. Another player in this midfield that's another, a more of a youngster here, Evelyn Somian, the Tottenham Hotspur player. I see more of her than I have of a lot of these Finland players just due to her playing in England as I mainly watch the top European leagues alongside the NWSL. This set-piece expert is going to be taking the free kicks for this team. She's from a little town near Russia, Russia, which is interesting. She's also climbed the highest mountain in Africa, so it's told that she loves exploring places. The 23-year-old from Tottenham would love to get some silverware at the Women's Euros this summer before returning to Tottenham in a quest for getting them some Champions League football for next season after they barely missed it this year. Moving on to the forward line, I think that the player that's going to be bringing in the most goals for this Finnish Finnish side is Linda Stahlstam, the Vitsko um, striker, 32 years old, plays her club football in, you know, um, Sweden currently. She did she did also do the 100 meter hurdles and pole vault, but she again chose football in the end. She has. 50 goals in 113 games, which is impressive considering she has suffered three ACL injuries across her career. So this, I assume, may be her last Women's Euros tournament. Moving on to the next team in Group B, a very clear favorite, at least in my opinion, with the um, German side ranked four in the world. That's a big thing. My main question, though, is how are they going to cope without Jennifer Merajon and Melanie Leipold, who are two very big midfielders on this team? They still do have, you know, Debritz, Lohmann, Dahlman, McGill, Overdov, just showing how deep this German squad is. I think they're one of the favorites to win this tournament, but you'll have to wait till the end of this episode to see who I think is going to win it all. Okay, let's move on to... The strengths and weaknesses, of course, provided by Guardian. Strengths. This German team are a strong collective and have many technical, good, and tactical astute midfielders who can run the game. And there is speed on the wings, too. Weaknesses. The squad perhaps lacks some of the outstanding players of the past generations, and the defense can concede soft goals, partly because there has not been a settled starting lineup recently. That is true. Although, however, in net... 
there are a lot of great options in this squad. Oh, however, Guardian believes that Meryl Fromm's the Wolfsburg keeper will take the throne as the number one keeper, but I believe personally that Anne Katrenberger is the one to take this over. She has left Germany at she left Germany at 23 years old to join PSG, and she's a very good penalty kick saver. So in the knockout stage, considering that penalty kicks are not rare um, an event for the women's Euros, I could see that they would want to start her. And Alma Schultz is a never ba- a bad keeper to have in your squad. She is now transferred from Wolfsburg to Angel City after Meryl Fromms took over that number one goalkeeping spot during the offseason. So... She was a pundit for the men's zeros, which is funny. Last year, you know, just considering she's a very good goalkeeper. She was voted the best in the world, along with Hope Solo, um, in 2014. So moving on to the defense, Julia Gavin scored the first goal for Germany in that Women's World Cup last year. She does play right back, but... um, she can get up the pitch very well. And a lot of... A a very good comparison, at least in my opinion, was... um, A lot of people consider her as an inverted Arjun Robin, you know, the men's Dutch superstar, but she did tore her cruciateless ligament a few years ago, and she says that this, the time after that was the hardest of my life, getting back to, um, the playing in the top flights of Germany with Bayern Munich. Another German defender who plays across Germany for Wolfsburg, Katharine Hendritz, is going to be very key considering that a bunch of injury problems have been keeping German a lot of the German defenders out of this tournament. But she was born in Appen. She could have played for Belgium, but she opted to play for Germany and Maria, Mar- Martina Vosteckenberg, the German national team coach, is a very happy player with that. Um, she believes, she's gone out and said a lot about comparing men's and women's football and about how um, the, the, the um, comparing men's and women's football is complete nonsense. And I do agree with that just due to the physical advantages that the men do have. And tactically and technical-wise, we are on the same level. I 100% agree with that. Moving on to the midfield, though, I did talk about this, even though this German squad has just the most stacked midfield, at least in my opinion, in women's football. They're right up there with the United States women's national team. I mean, their two best midfielders are out, and they still have a midfield that could arguably match up with any other midfield in the women's Euros. Sarah Dabritz making the move across France to Olympic Lyonnais. The 26-year-old is going to be very big. The left-footed player scored multiple penalty kicks at that Women's World Cup. Alongside Linda Dahlman, another 26-year-old on this German squad, you know, playing for Bayern Munich alongside Bayern Bayern Munich skipper Lena Magill. So, very good options there and also they could be looking to go for a younger choice for a few younger choices in um lena latwin sydney loman or lena oberdov all playing in great form right now as um in club football it is usually lena latwin and lena oberdov next to each other in that midfield let's move up to the front line though who's going to be the one to bang in those goals for germany because this is a concern that has been keeping people Wondering, how are Germany going to get their goals? Leia Schuler is one player I would very be um, uh, keen on to join 
and I think that she, um, she the 23-year-old, played for, who plays for Bayern Munich, could partner up top along star striker Alexandra Pop. The 30-year-old has missed both the 2013 and 27 Euros because of injury, and she did suffer a torn cartilage in her right knee in April 2021, but she did get a little bit lucky after getting um, the tournament getting pushed, but players such as rising star Jewel Brandt alongside another rising star in Nicole Allmine, you know, very young front line besides um, Alexandra Pop and Spenja Hoot of Wolfsburg, you know, Tabia Wasmuff of Wolfsburg, another player. Another few other Frankfurt players on the squad. Um, Laura Fregang alongside Nicole Anyomi. Along, and a few rising stars again. Another few German chop talents. Clara Buhl of Bayern Munich, 20-year-old, and Jewel Brandt of Wolfsburg, the 18-year-old. Moving on to another Group B team. It is one of the last, it is the last one in this group. You can you see the Spanish side who are without Jenny Hermoso, seventh in the world. Um, they believe that they can win the tournament. Their their strength is that they do have the best player in the world, Alexia Butaya. So that's a pretty good strength, you know, <laughs> having the player that is won a lot of tournaments. Although they have struggled in these tournaments in the past, they have a very young team that has won a lot of youth tournaments. So they, this is their golden generation, but. That goes with that, um, according to Amalia Fra of The Guardian, one of the weaknesses due to that young team is that they don't have much experience going far in major tournaments and no Jenny Hermoso up top, who is their player that they usually would look towards to get the goals for the squad, is, you know, out with injury. So let's move on to the goalkeeping position. Three of Spain's um, best keepers with um, the number one keepers for... Barcelona, Atletico Madrid, and Real Madrid, all included in this. Sandra Panos, though, has to be the number one keeper at 28 years old. Um, although um, Lola Galdiardo, I think, will be, will be finishing, um, you know, as a... She's one of those players that I think that is very unlucky to be playing at the same time as Sandra Panos because she could be a starter. And Misa Rodriguez is a very, very good player, but she is... um. Also, this is, um, uh, she's a very younger player, 21 years, 22 years old, excuse me. In the back line, there's many defenders on this roster. The Guardian list has nine on their roster, which is a bit surprising. Leila Ohabi just transferred to Manchester City. Clearly, in my opinion, the left back, um, of this team. Although, Olga, Olga Carmano, one of the most prestigious talents at the young age along, alongside um, Leila Alexandri, Manchester City's other new signing from this squad. Mapa Leon, though, and Irene Paredes will be two players desperately looking to hold it down in the middle for Spain as they are some of the leaders in this team. Moving to the midfield, um, the clear midfield trio for me includes Alexia Puteas, Patricia Gujaro, and Avenita Bonatti. Um, Guharo and Bonatti both being younger players at 23 years old, but Puteros brings a little bit of experience at 27, now having won the Ballon d'Or 
Um, those three are the midfield that has taken Barcelona to a new level, and I can't wait to see them at the Women's Zeros. Up top, though, this is the real question. No Jenny Hermoso, right? Um, Salma Pardua, the um, very young 17-year-old from Villarreal, um, is 17 years old. Like, for her to get picked for a big tournament like this, it was mainly due to the injury of Jenny Hermoso, but I'm still very surprised that she um, is doing... I mean, she's on the squad, right? It's a women's Euros tournament, and she's only 17 years old. So I think that she's mainly there just due to the injury of Jenny Hermoso. Nothing against her. A lovely player. Um, just she's a little bit younger. So I think that even though Claudia Pina is also a younger player at 19 years old, she is the most precious player of this team, if I was the Spanish manager. She is a player right now that is rising alongside in the in the Spanish women's division, first top division, Athena del Castillo of Real Madrid, you know, being in the uh, Clasico rivalry against her. Claudia Pina at Barcelona has been that starlet, has won, scored a lot of goals. I could see Pina starting up top, perhaps alongside Marta Cardona and Athena. Although then again, Esther Gonzalez, Lucia Garcia, everyone on this front line gives me some, you know, um, they give me, I think that they could get a chance of getting into this team. So who's going to be getting out of this group? Okay, so let's go over the teams. Germany, Spain, Finland, and um, we have Nor. Um, yeah, we have Germany, Spain, Denmark, and Finland. I have Germany talking this group, Spain finishing second, Denmark finishing third, and Finland finishing fourth. Okay, let's move on to Group C, people. Um, who are we going to start with here? Okay, it looks like we're starting with the Dutch, ranked five in the world. Let's see what they've got here. Their strengths is that they have. The core has not really changed since 2017, and they have Biedema. And their defense is not as tight as the past. It could be vulnerable. I'm going to go a little quicker here. Annette Sari van Vendedal, clear keeper. I mean, no one's really going to take that spot away from her. Um, Stephanie van de Graat, the Ajax center back. Great, great leadership in the back, alongside perhaps rising Chelsea star Anak Nguyen, potentially. In that midfield, though, um, Jackie Gronin, Spitza, Roard. Denda Donk are all players that I think could keep, you know, Spitza has over 200 caps, um, and Daniela van de Donk is a very key midfielder, technically great, plays in that Champions League final, but a rising star for this team is another Olympic Lyonnais player in Damarias Uglera. She was raised in Florida, but she decided to not participate for the U.S. on the international level. Very disappointingly, for my opinion, as an American, she would have been a great player for us. But, you know, I'm, I'm look, wishing, wishing her the best of luck in the Dutch side. But up top, Viviana made him an all-time goal scorer. She's going to play up there, most presumably alongside Leke Mertens. But the other side is a little bit of a, you know, trickster. I think that Lynette Bernstein is going to be the player to take over that other side after Janice van der Sanden has, you know, kind of dropped out of the squad into the reserves. Okay, moving on to the next team, ranked 29th in the world, Portugal, led by Jessica Silva. They have a very strong backbone that has been together for a long time, joined by some nice youngsters like Kike Z- Z- Zana Reif. 
their weaknesses is they don't really have that much tournament experience, and most of their players are playing in the domestic league, which isn't as competitive as playing against these European squads. I'm sorry if I'm going a little quick here. I'm just trying to get through these squads and net. Number one keeper is Cervantes, youngster, 22 years old, Ines Pereira. She was, the, Portugal shouldn't even be here based on qualifications, but they are in due to the um, re- removement of Russia from on the men's and women's sides from all international tournaments due to the war going on in Ukraine. Moving on to the back line, a defensive linchpin, according to The Guardian, is Caroline Costa, and I couldn't agree anymore. The 31-year-old has played for Befica for um, the... Um, a few years now. She has 138 caps for the team, but she really wants to reach those um, 200 cap mark. She's now with Befica after three seasons of sporting, was voted the best player in the Portuguese league in 2021 slash 2022. And lastly, she has recently signed a contract with Befica. In the midfield, rising star Kike Nagriff is one of the best players. She's the most promising talent in Portuguese women's football. 18 years old. Um, she is um, like very technically great. It's just so hard to describe her. She's just a fun player to watch. She's very skillful and versatile. She can play anywhere up front almost. She made her debut at 16 for Befica. Only 18 though. And I think that having a mentor alongside her in the midfield with as such as Dolores Silva, the Braga 29-year-old midfielder, was the name player of the match after Portugal won their first Women's Euros title. So, lastly, up top, the striker pairing of Carolina Mendes of Braga, the 33-year-old, very veteran striker, alongside young, a more of a middle-aged player in Jessica Silva, the 26-year-old striker. Okay, moving on to one of my favorites in the Women's Euros, ranked second in the world, Peter Gettard's Swedish side. Let's take a look at their squad. Yeah, the Swedes are a very talented squad. Looking at the strengths and weaknesses, they are very strong on set pieces, having put away a few goals from them in during last year's friendlies against the U.S., and they have fantastic squad depth and a very good defense. Weaknesses is that their squad is a bit older, as I've, as I'm going to talk about, but as the Guardian says, if some of the key players are not on the pitch, you'll notice the difference, especially if Caroline Seeger is missing. She's like the key to this team. Let's look at the keeping spot. You have a very, a few very good talents here. Hedvig Lindahl, most recently let go by Atletico Madrid, the most capped player in the Swedish history, male or female, has a World Cup silver medal back from 2003. The 38-year-old has been playing for a while. She's moved around a lot, playing in Chelsea, Wolfsburg, Atletico Madrid. You know, um, she's a very um, kind person, doing some donating one of her shirt match kits for auction after the bombing of a school in Afghanistan. So she's very... um, activist driven which I appreciate having those kind of leaders in the sporting world moving on to the defense um Jonah Anderson the former Chelsea player moving to Hamburg this season grew up in a very small town with a population of 10,000 she never dreamed of being a professional footballer and yet when she joined Swedish giants Limpog in 29 2009 excuse me she never let down so 
Um, she'll be good um, in that left back position alongside her former teammate Magdalena Erickson of Chelsea. The Chelsea she was the ca- she's the captain for Chelsea. Um, she grew up in Stockholm and she has gotten um, a very big following. She's a very um, very. I would say very um, skilled defender. She can move the ball around the pitch very nicely, and she did. A, she's done a, a, the whole Chelsea documentary. I, for anyone that hasn't watched it, um, one team, one dream. Very good one. Very good listen and watch for me. And across the back line, I just see Hannah Glass of Bayern Munich right back taking that right back side, and Amanda Illested, the Paris Saint Germain center back, focusing on cent- on the right center back side. So across the back, left to right, I repeat for the Swedish side, I have Jona Andersson. Magdalena Eriksson, Amanda Ilisted, and Hannah Glass on the outside. In the midfield, Hannah Beddingson, the 18-year-old of Everton, is a very big um, talent. She just moved here this season. She's been great for Everton this season, and she might maybe playing alongside Nat- Natalia Bourne, her teammates from Everton, although I c- don't really see her getting the starting 11 just due to the sheer talent of this midfield with us. Kosovari Aslani of Real Madrid, Caroline Seeger, who is the captain of this team, and another youngster in Philippa Angeldahl, who just joined Manchester City. So, very stacked team here. They're one of my favorites to win this. I'm going to be honest here. Up top, the front three, the front three duo of Stina Blackstinius, Sofia Jakobsen, and Fridolino Rolfo is a very tempting trio if you're the coach to put in that starting lineup, although they still got Lena Hertig on that bench um, and Kosovari Aslani who can get up the pitch. So great Swedish team, my favorite to win the women's Euros, at least so far. Not going to tell you if they're my favorite to win it all, but let's go move on to this Swiss team who are missing Alicia Lehman, but let's hear their strengths and weaknesses. Strengths. In terms of individual quality, this is the best Swiss side ever, with players in the best leagues in Europe and promising youngsters coming through. Weaknesses. Almost every player in the starting 11 has some some injury problem this season. Means the coach has to like kind of chop and change his team due to fitness levels each match. So let's move on to their team. What do they got in this squad right here? Okay, um... I think that Leah Walty is the star player of this team. She's just a very skilled player. She plays her club football, as this article has said, alongside a lot of other the Swiss players in this team. She plays her club football in Europe with Arsenal, 29 years old. You know, um, she could be um, playing center back or in the midfield. We'll see. But yeah, she's my key player for the Swiss in this run. Let's move on to Belgium, who the um in group d but before we do that we have to do our groups um c predictions so that we have switzerland sweden portugal who replaced russia and the dutch so i have sweden at one the dutch at two portugal at four and switzerland at three so remember let me say my order sweden dutch port um portugal sorry Sweden, then the Dutch, then I have in last place Portugal with Switzerland being in third. So, for the record, Sweden, Netherlands, Switzerland, then Portugal.
Portugal. Okay, let's move on to Group D. We'll start with Belgium. Let's hear there. They won their last qualifying group, and they won it. So, they, I think they can make the... The Guardian, at least, thinks that they can make the... Let's see if... I think that they can make it through to the final eight of the tournament. The group is, by the way... Um, we have the Belgium side, the French side, Iceland, alongside, lastly, Italy. So we're going to do those four teams, and then we'll wrap this episode up, I guess. So the strengths of Belgium is that they are a tall team and have good set-piece takers, so they'll be very good on dead ball situations and on the counter. Their weaknesses is that some of them are semi-professional, and they're lacking in tournament experience, so they could, you know struggle in some of these matches. Their number one keeper, at least in my opinion, is the Ghent starter, 26 years old, Nikki Everad. You know, she's traveled around Europe. She played in Netherlands and Spain with Twent and Holvai. Um, she um, is the number one keeper for me on Belgium. So the defense, pretty um, simple there. I think that the one of the bigger, the, it's a very young defense if you look at the lineup. Only three players above the age of any 26, but the oldest one, Davine Filjens, the Salisu left back. She used to be a forward, but she likes to play like um, Jordi Alba, and she is more of a left-footed Danny Alves, according to the um, Guardian. So she's the big defender for me. In the midfield, um, Cassandra Misipo, she's a no-nonsense six. She's only 23 years old. I am. I would be scared to be on a field against her. Um, you know, she's a very intense player, very good tackler. Um, she opted to recover and train on her own. This is a very interesting story. After she asked Anderlex, where are you going with your women's team? And they didn't really know how to answer. So she was, like, outraged by the artificial p- pitch um, that causes long-term injuries, and she missed the 2019, 2017 Euros in, um, due to disciplinary reasons, Ben. Okay, according to the Guardian, I shouldn't be calling her Cassandra, it's Cassie, so, sorry Cassie, but, so Cassie Mistypo, very big player for this team. Up top, my starting 11 includes Tessa Walgart of Fortina Stierdard, alongside Janice came in the record breaker she's won the golden boot before with olympic Lyonnais and is belgium's best female player in 2021 and 2017 she's also won the champions league twice um when she grew up she always pretended she was playing as brazil and she won she's the most appearances all time for belgium although she'll be partnered with hoffenheim forward Tine de Cagne, who had the most goals in qualifying, the 24-year-old, is a very promising player that we'll see in the future. Okay, we only have three teams left, but let's move on to the French, who are missing some key. But you guys know the gist by now. We're not just going to go into the team. we got to see the Guardian's strengths and weaknesses. According to the, the Guardian, the strengths are the presence of Wendy Renard in defense and Marie Annette Cototo in attack. Two Ballon d'Or candidates means that France are superbly marshaled at both ends of the pitch. Weaknesses. The dressing room could be about to explode again because of the tension between some players and the coach. Collective mental weakness has stopped them in the past. 
this is why I don't have France winning this tournament. I'll just say that right now. With no um, Amadine Henri, which is a very um, surprising choice from Coach Karine Diak. But I think that, you know, the, and no Jeanne Lissamere as well. I'm just thinking about it's a very odd squad, I will admit. Um, it's not exactly the squad that I think a lot of people would expect the French to bring, but it's very balanced. You know, three defenders, eight, I mean, sorry, three keepers, eight defenders, and you've got six in the midfield and six up top. So let's get into those players. Okay. If no, and again, another surprising um, player left out, no Sarah Buhadi, Pauline Parade Magian seems like the player, in my, at least in my opinion, a 29-year-old from Juventus, is the first active French international to come out of gay, as gay. Um, prop, um, props to her for doing that. She's the most expensive goalkeeper in women's football after joining Juventus from Atletico Madrid. Um, according to her, starting she started playing football as striker and helped her out when she was in goal, which is an interesting perspective. Moving on to the defense, I think across the back, I expect to see Selman Baca as one of the best young players in this tournament at the age of 20 years old. The Olympic Lyonnais player is, um, in my opinion, going to be great. And she, at left back, she considers Greek Mombak as her sister, who, who, speaking of, I think will be playing in the center alongside Wendy Renard with potentially an Eve Perisic or, you know, a Marianne Tarant or a Koshrawi. This French side has so much depth. The one odd one out, I think that's a little bit... Um, Interesting is to see the inclusion of Hawa Sissoko over um, uh, Amadine Henri. You could have seen, you know, they would have thought, you know, we could have done seven seven defenders, seven midfielders, but no. Um, Coach Korean Diak decides to include the 24-year-old, but again, props to her for being um, the first Franco-Malian player to be she became the in january 21 the first franco malian player to wear the high job so props to her for showing everyone you know her religious beliefs because people should should be allowed to do what they what they believe is for themselves as long as they're not offending anyone else which clearly she is not by wearing a high job moving on um the midfield, Kenza Dolly, will, could be a big presence in this midfield alongside Grace Garrow. Well, um, a rising star uh, from, uh, could be include Bordeaux's Ella Palice, the 22-year-old, could be the revelation of this tournament, as the Guardian so gracefully says. Um, she could be a defensive midfielder, um, even though she um, could also play at the 10. So... I think that, you know, this midfield, again, a lot of talent. Very new midfield for France. Not the one you're used to. But this attack is, besides the, um, besides Eugenie de Samer not being included, this front three of Katoto, Cascarino, and Diani seems very intriguing. The all PSG front three also could happen at points if Delphine Cascarino drops to the bench um, and Sandy Baltimore takes over. But don't forget about a few other players that play in France. Mel- Melvin Mellard and Olite Matsar is um, the 25-year-old Sar and 
the 21-year-old Mallard could both be seeing some minutes in this tournament. Okay, two more teams in this group. Iceland is a very interesting team who I think could finish last in this group, as I'll mention later. Um, strengths and weaknesses include, um, according to Guardian at least, Halsjorn has created a strong defensive unit, and Iceland have kept a lot of clean sheets recently. Sarah Borgian, Gunn's daughter, also offers stardust. Weaknesses, players are young and inexperienced, and after Gunn's daughter missed a lot of matches after giving birth in November. So, there's two players in this team, both, um... Jordan's daughter and Gunn's daughter in the midfield that are those two that speak out to me the most. But let's get... And Dagny Bird's daughter, don't forget her. She's a player that could get some goals for this team. But there's a lot of good talent on this team. But let's look at who I am looking at. The net clear number one keeper is the 34-year-old from Valar, Sandra Singun's daughter. In the back, a very... The defense is very weak in my opinion opinion I could see a lot of goals being leaked it's not that the team is that has a weak defense it's just that the other attacks seem much more formidable but a tough tackling defender is Gurndin Arnsdjotter on the midfield as I mentioned earlier Don's daughter um Jan's daughter in Orlando Pride it plays a more of a six role but um that's the defensive mid defensive midfield but I think she could get a little bit more up the pitch, but I think that that role may be reserved a little bit more for players like Dagny Brings Daughter of West Ham United and Sarah Bork Gonsdotter of Olympic Lyonnais. So she was, Gonsdotter was very big about um, the Euros organizers putting a lot of the matches at very small venues, including Manchester City's Academy Stadium that only holds seven and a half K people. And I 100% agree with her on saying, you know, the F- Women's FA Cup final, like she didn't, um, she did say a lot about, you know, how she, I quote, I don't know what they're going on in their heads or if they're even following women's football. Yeah, and I agree with her. I mean, look at the FA Women's Cup, Women's FA Cup final. That drew 60K this year. So if that they can draw that for a club match, I could easily see that being drawn for an international match. As I said earlier, up top, I think Dagny Brin's daughter can move up alongside Jorin's daughter. But another player that's very young, another Jan's daughter, but not... The one that plays in the NWSL, not Gunny. Um, Sviendis Jan Jan's daughter, the Wolfsburg player, won the Golden Boot in 2020 when she was loaned to Braldiak. But um, now she's playing for um, Wolfsburg and forced an own goal from Arsenal in this year's Champions League, which got Wolfsburg into the semifinals, which they ultimately lost. Last team of the episode, doing this one last time with Italy. Melina Bertoli's side were the last team in Group D that we're going to go over this episode, ranked 14th in the world. This is like the last tournament for their golden generation, as Guardian beautifully says. So let's see what the Guardian's strengths and weaknesses are. Strengths. This squad has lots of experience, and at the 2019 World Cup, the defense was the be- one of the best in the tournament, not conceding a goal in open play in five games. Weaknesses. There is a certain level of physicality in the squad and the fact that the Serie A is not at the same level as the other top five leagues in Europe. Set pieces could be a problem, true, too. Okay, and that, the number one keeper, in my opinion, is AC Milan's 
number one keeper, Laura Giuliani. She was the starter at the Women's World Cup la- last time in 2019, and the 28-year-old um, started her Serie A career in 2012 with Como, but um, let's see how she adapts to the women's Euros. She actually at one point had to be a baker, which is as a side hustle, which is um, interesting. We know that from the NWSL of campaign of no more side hustles, a lot of women soccer players, due to the low pay, have had to do side hustles. But the core of this defense, in my opinion, is Sarah Gama, um, the Juventus pl- captain. She's a legend of the Italian game. She's the first female vice president of the Italians Players Association. She's already in the Italian Hall of Fame before retiring. She's also a Barbie doll, which is um, a thing that not many players can say. She was a driving factor of the campaign to make the women's Serie A professional, um, which has now happened. And so yeah, she is a clear pick. But someone that maybe not was not a clear pick is 21-year-old Salisu defender, um, Marie Lu- Luisa Villegueri. So it'll be interesting to see how she does after in the last Serie A campaign she did record 84% of tackles won and an 80% pass completion late rate. In the midfield, Aurora Gali is one of those players alongside Valentina Soriani, both veteran v- veterans. Um, see, it feels like it, but Aurora Gali actually is only 24 years old. Um, she has moved Everton last off season, but another key midfielder is twenty three year old Manuel Giuliania. But um, she'll be good. For the Rome, the Rome, the Roma player has um been number ten. She got her favorite number on um Roma, but she didn't get it on the national team due to a player that we're going to be talking about definitely, most definitely, in this. Let me go over the attack, but let's stay in the midfield for a few another minute with um, Inter's um, midfielder Flamian Simonetti. The 24-year-old has said, "Determination is my best quality on the pitch. I give everything because I am stubborn, and I always want to help the team defensively." She kind of got persuaded to be on this squad. She can clearly set the tempo in the midfield, score goals, and she led the. Um, Last season in the Serie A, she led the charge at Inter for number of passes and tackles. She was also got her debut against Switzerland during the Euro qualifiers. She believes that they can reach the semi-final. Quote, yeah, that's quoted by the way. Up top, though, however, I think that the front two, clear front two, has to be Juventus's duo of Barbara Bonasea and Cristiano Dorelli. Although, however, being thirty and thirty-one. They are, you know, kind of getting up there. But so who's going to be that next player to take the crown? You mean Daniela Sabatino's 39, 36, excuse me, with um, Valentina Jacinti being 27. Is there any players on this roster, in my opinion at least, that I think are going to step up in the next generation? Yes. Um, Two younger players on this attacking roster, Agnes Bofianti, the Juventus 22-year-old, has said that she's always been a Milan fan, and Kaka and Steven Elshrari was her idols. She has played for some other powerhouses in Italian football, such as Inter Roma and Juventus, but um, we'll see if she eventually gets to play for Milan. If when she asked three people she'd want to meet. She was responded with Nelson Mandela, 
Alex Morgan and the Pope. And the other attacking player is a very favorited one of mine. She's a great player. She's played with AC Milan. The 23-year-old Martina Piemonte is a very good player. I'm going to talk a little bit more. The young Italian forward, very talented Miss Piemonte is. She said that Zlatan Ibrahimovic is one of her inspirations, and she's always wanted to wear the number nine shirt. Um... Sorry, she's never wanted to wear the number nine shirt. She's always wanted to wear her 18. Although, however, that shirt was not given to her. She's wearing the number 20 in this tournament as midfielder Ariana Caruso is wearing that number 18. Okay, so now let's make our last predictions of the Group D and who I think is going to win it. Okay, Group D, we got Italy, Iceland, France, and last but not least, Belgium. Okay, so France is going to top the group for me. Italy is going to get second place, I think. They'll do well in this last season. Belgium's going to get third, and Iceland's going to get fourth. And my champion, as I said earlier, I wasn't lying to you guys, and I said that I think the Swedish team is going to be the champion, but however, one of my dark horses, it's not really a dark horse pick, but um, I think uh, the Dutch could do well, and Norway could do well. Although the Dutch do have um, you know, I, I, I they weren't really dark horse picks like mine, but um, I just said that because the Dutch do have a pretty difficult group, I would say, personally. Um, they have Germany in that group, if I'm correct. Oh, no, sorry, that's Group B. I'm mixing some of these up. In Group C, the Dutch have a very competitive group, at least, I believe, from the visions. Portugal's a quality side. Um, Sweden's the team I have winning the whole thing, ha ha ha. And um, alongside them, they also have Switzerland, who has a good quality midfielder in Leah Waldi. So that is my Women's Euros preview. Tell me if you guys like this format and you'd like me to do it for the other three tournaments that I'm going to be previewing, Copa America Feminil. I'm going to also be doing some the Women's AFCON, and last but definitely, definitely not least, this tournament includes, um, giving you guys a little hint, Sam Kerr, the Oceana Cup, which will be occurring as a qualification tournament, although I'm very interested in that one because Australia and New Zealand are already in the World Cup, so we'll see who gets that other spot, as the those two Oceana spots are usually taken for them. So, thank you for listening to this longer episode. I know I'm trying to get as much info down for you guys as uh, I can. And peace out from your host, LDG.